On this week's episode, in preparation for the Albertsons Boise Open on the Corn Ferry Tour, we welcome the tournament host, Jeff Sanders of Jeff Sanders Entertainment. And Mike, he's got some stories. Hey, former PGA player, he's got Arnold stories, Jack stories, Tiger stories, and they're ones you probably have never heard. Rough Fairways is next. Hey, Jeff, can hey, you hear guys. us? Yeah, nice. How's it going, guys? Great, Jeff. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we were hoping you weren't like driving a convertible. So, <laughs> no, I just pulled my I just pulled my Maserati over. I'm gonna get in the Lambo now. And by the time I <laughs> another hour or two, I'll be able to get in my Porsche, and then I'll finish it off with an Aston Martin. That's, ah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, we can good rotation. We can cross out the uh, what kind of cars do you own? Question, Jeff. Yeah, answer that right, quickly. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna let you guys talk to sure, Jeff. Ryan. Uh, I'll talk to you guys. Later. <laughs> good to meet you. All right, see you later. Yeah, way to tee it up, baby. Way to tee I'm going to go Ballard. sell some tickets like you should be doing. Yeah, there you go. Sell something. <laughs> Damn it. Sell something, man. All right. <laughs> see you, Ryan. Later. Uh, yeah, so we're getting, re- we're getting ready to rock and roll. Uh-oh, we, lo- we may lost you. You there? No, oh, there we go. Oh, I'm here. Yeah, I was just saying we're getting ready to rock and roll here pretty quick. I like it. Yeah. Good, good. good. How so, you doing, uh, Jeff? You, we're- I'm we're saying, in, where are you guys located? Are you in Boise? Yeah, we're up in Boise. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. I love Boise. Uh, I do too. We've been here right on 10 years. I moved here from the Midwest, so I love it. Oh, you did? Yeah. I started coming over there in 1988 to get this tournament started 30, uh, 36 years ago. And uh, we, I met with Joe Albertson and Warren McCain and a bunch of people and they gave me a one-year contract, told me if I got thrown in jail or embarrassed, I might be out of there. And so far, <laughs> they, haven't caught, they haven't caught me either one of them. So I'm still... Right. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to grow it. It's, been, it's, really been a, it's really been fun. Every year, we sort of, for the most part, end our year in Boise. It's a nice place to end the year in the fall, you know, late summer now. But for a long time, it was in September. So it was, and the tour changed, moved us up a little bit. Thank, right. Thankfully, we're one week later this year. but won't be quite as hot as it was, you know, last couple of years. Well, even in the 10 years I've been here, the tournament's grown so much. So. Yeah. The music component really, you know, that really helped. I mean, that that's really changed the game for us wherever we go, you know, golf cella, as we call it, uh, has really, uh, has really added some value and, and, you know, some way, you know, sometimes I think five, six, seven X and attendance increases. So it's, it's really been the, been the driver. Hundred percent. I saw. I saw that golf. Are you a music guy? Is that what? Is that why you brought golf and music together? Yeah, yeah. I've always been. You know, we've been doing a long time. We've uh, concerts at our events for twenty years. Um, we've probably done a hundred and some concerts, but most of them privately on the pro am nights. You know, um, not publicly, not after golf, because it's very hard at the venues that we've played to find a location on site where right. you can buy one ticket and then that one ticket gets you watching the golf and then staying for the concert. Most of the time, the only place to really do that's the driving range mm-hmm. and uh, our stage is, you know, gigantic. And so sometimes it's hard to set it up and have it be out of the way. So when the guys are practicing and playing during the week, like Hillcrest country club, for example, driving range would never work. I mean, it's too small and it just wouldn't work. So kind of depends on, uh, on where you are, but, you know, at Hillcrest, we're lucky to have that location on the 18th, right of the 18th fairway there. That's just unbelievable. Um, right. Per- 
you know, 10,000 people can enjoy the, enjoy the show. It's great property there. Well, I want to remind everybody who we are actually talking to after we got through all that banter. Uh, he is Jeff Sanders of Jeff Sanders Entertainment. Uh, he's been putting on the Albertsons Open for, gosh, 30 years, 30 plus years, Jeff. Um, 34. This is 34th year. 34th year. Uh, not many people might not know this, but former PGA Tour player on tour from 1980 to 85. You played the final round of the 1985 Milwaukee Open. Paired with Jack like Nicholas and Jim Thorpe. That's well, right. Good for you. Good memory. I've lost track of that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to help because tell us what you remember most about that round. Playing with Jack, you know, um, I've been very lucky when I was on the tour uh, to, to play with all of the big name players. And since, quite frankly, since I've left the tour, I've had a chance to play with a number of them in the, in the business, you know, that I'm in. So, you know, the highlights for me really, um, I've been who I play with, you know, I've played golf Palmer. I've played golf, Tiger Woods. I've played golf, Nicholas and others, Tom Watson. I could go on, but you know, those were the highlights. You have been watching those guys on television. And, uh, but Jack Nicholas in particular, you know, back in 1985, when I was leading or right at the lead of the great Milwaukee open at, at Tuckaway there in Milwaukee, um, on Sunday, um, Jack Nicholas, to put it in perspective, won his last Masters in '86. So he, this was '80, fall of '85. He won the Masters in, in April of '86. So he was still, he was still competitive at the very, very highest level. And um, of course, Tiger Woods got on the tour back in 1996 or '97. So, so Jack, if you go 10 years earlier, was was the king. You know, he was Arnold Palmer was the king, but Jack was on the golf course the king at the time. Arnold was older. But it was uh, it was a good experience for me. Um, I played better uh, than I. Did. Uh, you know, if you look back at a lot of players that get a chance to play with a legend like that uh, in the final group with the tournament, you know, on the line, it's not uncommon, you know, to have a tough day when you're playing with them because you're focused on on them a little bit, to be honest. And also, right. you know, every, everybody there but my caddy and my wife. Uh, we're rooting for Jack and 44, <laughs> 45,000 people rooting for, you know, rooting for Jack and two rooting for me. So, right. Um, You're a little the interesting there. thing was, well, you know, you got a little four footer for par side hiller, you know, like putting on a piece <laughs> of glass and people are, people are running to the next tee to get in position to watch Jack hit his tee shot. So you really have to be, you know, be focused and be, you have to almost turn those people into cardboard people. It's hard to do. Um, and you, you understand they're there to watch Jack. They're there to get position to watch him hit his next tee shot. So the hard part was putting because you know, all the time, you know, it was worse than everybody's and still, but not when you're, not when you're playing with Jack Nicholas in the final group on Sunday. It's like what a lot of players complain about with playing with Tiger back in his heyday. Everybody just had to get to that next tee shot or next approach shot as, as his competitors were putting out. That's right. That's a hundred percent right. And, and, uh, you know, when you're, especially when you're, when you, when you're playing them on the last day in the last group, um, because that's usually your biggest crowd day and everybody's decided who they're pulling for and they're not, you know, roaming the golf course at that time, they're, they're following the final group. And so uh, your galleries are much larger on Sunday when you're in the last group than they are any other day of the week. Um, and so it's something that you can't really prepare for. You have to go through it. You have to play through it and you have to experience it. And, you know, it's like I was talking to Jack in, in the locker room after the round and he said, 
you know, hey, you know, stay out there today, but you know, you are next. Now you've been there. Those were kind words, and they were true words. Um, but I didn't get I didn't get in that position again because that was my last year on tour, and then I decided to get in the golf event business. So um, I never got a chance to, to 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 you know to do that again and see how I performed the second time around. What what did get you into the into the golf running business tournament business? Had that been something that you've always enjoyed that you while you were on tour you were thinking, hey, how does this how is this tournament run? How'd you get into it? Yeah, interesting. A uh, great question. And yes, I when I was playing, you know, you get a lot of downtime when you play the tour. Um, you know, you you've got your four hour round and your four hours of practice, and you go to a lot of malls and movies, uh, restaurants, and try to stay out of the bars if you can. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I was always interested in how it worked. Uh, that's how my mind worked, and um, it's been an advantage was an advantage for me back then when I got in the golf event business because in big show i'd been on five years and i'd seen it all in the u.s open i played in you know all the big tournaments and so you know i knew how it was supposed to look and um i'm, I'm from portland oregon is where i grew up and went to school at the university of oregon and i played in the golf team for two years of my four years with peter jacobson he was my roommate so my first two years at the university of oregon peter jacobson and i were roommates and i was a cap of sig as was peter and so we played a lot of golf together and he got on the PGA tour in 1976 and his first qualifying, he, he got his, he got his card right away. And he's, you know, he's played ever since. And now he's, you know, he's like me, 69 years old, you know, many years later. And, uh, so, so anyway, we had, we had a very close relationship. And then after five years on tour, um, you know, he and I were talking and I said, you know, Peter, we don't have a PGA tour event in Portland. Um, the, the, the Portland open PGA tour event had been, one was uh, 19, 20 years later. It was uh, 12 two-man teams. And oh, we... Uh, we just we got you back, Jeff. We missed you the last couple of minutes. We missed you the last couple oh. of minutes. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, right. I wonder how that... Anyway, uh, where were we, guys? Uh, you were talking about... Uh, you were trying to get a tournament on with Portland. You talked to Peter Jacobson about it. Yeah, so Peter and I were roommates in college for my first two years at Oregon, University of Oregon. Uh, we're Ducks. And, uh, so when he went out on tour in 76, I went out on tour a few years later. Uh, but after five years, we got together and talked about bringing a PGA tour event to Portland where I was a member of Portland golf club at the time. And, uh, so we approached Fred Meyer, uh, Fred Meyer's stores and Fred Meyer today, back then was owned by Mr. Fred Meyer, much like Albertson's was owned by Mr. Joe Albertson. And what happened is we tried to get a PGA tour date. The, the uh, Portland Open had left Portland Golf Club in 1966, about 20 years prior. Couldn't get a date in August, the only month we really wanted to do it because of the weather uh, challenges in Portland. So we ended up, uh, I did the sales and Peter did the, got the players. That's kind of how it worked. And, and we put it together. And, and so that's, where, that's how I got started. My idea was just to take one year off the tour help Portland get a big time golf event, be able to see the best players in the world play for the first time in 20 years at, at Portland golf club. And I never looked back. I ended up making a career out of it, you know, because here we are sitting here in 2023, yeah. you know, 250 tournaments ago that, that we've, that we've put on now. So it's been, it's been a great ride. It's not over. It's not over. And uh, Jeff, go back. I want to go back to the 96 amateur. You were the only tournament yeah. director to actually qualify for that event. 
That's right. Yeah, that's uh, what I was you, a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was exciting. What's a, you, do you have a Tiger story from that year? Because he yeah, won. Yeah, so it. I played. Yeah, yeah. So Tiger came in. Uh, so my company, Jay, at that time, Jeff Sanders Promotions, we we were the management company of the 1996 US Amateur. The Tiger three peated in the 1997 U.S. Women's Open, where Annika was attempting to three peat, and uh, Nancy Lopez lost on the very last hole at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, where I, where I was a member for a long time. Um, I played a couple of practice rounds with Tiger uh, as championship director of the tournament. I was able to get Tiger on early uh, before the actual week started, and uh, I'd qualified, gotten one of the four Oregon spots, so. Uh, I was able to, to, to tee it up. I, I shot 140, I think 142 in the qualifier and on at pumpkin and got into the match play. Um, and so I was, I was actually in the 64 guys, you know, that were going to play, I or not going to play, but they're playing it, you know, match plays when match play started, I was able to, to qualify for that. And I was running the tournament, playing the tournament. Um, it was exciting. It was hard because I was trying to make sure that everything with the tournament went great. At the same time I was, you know, run playing in the tournament, but my, my, my memory of playing practice rounds with Tiger Woods were that, you know, he was, uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, he hit it four miles, he hit it straight up, uh, and deep uh, off the tee. Um, he was, he was more wild then off the tee than he, than he, than he was as he grew into a, the best player in the world on the PGA tour for so long. Um, but I, but he hit it forever. I mean, he hit drives, you know, that were just, I mean, I played the course, it was my home course and I, he hit it places nobody nobody ever hit it before. Will never hit it again, probably, um, and very high. And so, you know, I, I said to somebody, you know, there wasn't a par five on the on the golf course at Witch Hollow at Pumpkin for Tiger. He's hitting driver seven iron, driver six iron into these par fives after monster tee shots, and um, he's going to have it's going to be hard to beat. He's going to be really hard to beat out there because of his length and 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 the height of his ball coming in coming in soft. And so, um. He was great to play with. Um, we orchestrated his uh, his big his big deal with Nike. Uh, of course, Phil Knight was out there riding in my golf cart after I lost my match. Uh, I ended up going back and and running the event without playing. Unfortunately, I got beat early on the first round, the second to last hole. So I was back running it, and so Phil was in my cart most of the week, and uh, I was you know getting him inside the ropes, and he was following Tiger and. When it all ended and Tiger won it in a dramatic fashion, as we know, um, we went in the clubhouse, in the Witch Hollow clubhouse, and put black, you know, uh, drapery all over the windows so we could see in. And they uh, they made a deal, obviously. And uh, Tiger Woods became uh, Nike Golf, and off they went. And that was, you know, the day after the tournament. I think he was on a plane. In, I think he was on a plane to Milwaukee to play in his first PGA Tour event, actually. So, uh, yeah, no, it was a great experience playing and a great experience running the event. Um, we had record crowds for the women's open record crowds for the U S amateur. Uh, they've never seen since. And that was because of tiger attempting to three peat and Annika attempting to three peat. Those are two pretty cool things to be able to promote. I loved it, had fun with it. Uh, and so, yeah, that was back in 96 and 97, a long time ago now, believe it or not. Jeff, do we have a modern day tiger? Do we have anybody like him right now? Well, that's a great question too. Um, I would say, I would say no. No, I would say right now we do not. Uh, we have a lot of great players. 
the Schefflers and the, you know, the Hovlands and the, and, and the Fowlers and the DeChambeau's. And, I mean, they're all great players. Um, but we don't have a dominant player like Tiger Woods. We don't have a guy that, that is, you know, just an animal out there, just, just fearless and, and only playing to win. You know, Tiger Woods, from what I know, from the very first tournament he played on the PGA Tour back in 96, he's never played for the money. He's only played to win. He's right. only played to break records. He's only played for trophies. He's only played for history. Um, not for money. Um, he's made a lot of money on and off the golf course, as we know, but, but that was never, that was never his, uh, in his, in his, uh, in his game plan. You know, he's a, he's a guy that, that he had plenty of money when he started, but I'm not sure it would have mattered. He, he was ingrained in his mind that he was going to win golf tournaments and he was going to play to win golf tournaments. And on the PGA tour today, we've got great players. I mean, think about these guys. I mean, DeChambeau just shot 58 in the live event. You've got, you know, you've got Scheffler going low, doing great things. I mean, but Wyndham Clark, University of Oregon, wins the U S open LA country club out of nowhere. Right. So there's, there's a lot of great players, but there's not one dominant player that I, that I can point to today. Now, will there well, be, you- or could be, it probably will be. Do you think there's a, a greater talent pool in the PGA today? Is it just harder to find a, a dominant player like Tiger was? Well, if you combine the if you combine the PGA Tour with Live, and you and you look at the all the professional golfers on both tours, I mean both leagues, let's call it, you, uh, definitely deeper uh, from top to bottom, um, but but not a dominant player uh, right. in the game, but definitely deeper when you put all the great players you know, in front of you, uh, that play the game for a living these days. I don't think there's a dominant player right now that you can, you can just absolutely, if he's in the field, he's, you know, you're going to bet on him to win. I mean, Rory McIlroy, I mean, every once in a while, I think he gets there and then he doesn't finish, you know, gets there and then he doesn't finish. And why? I don't know. Um, I do know that Tiger Woods made all the Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods made more putts on the 18th green to win than anybody. Right. And, that's my memory of Jack. When he had that 20 footer to win, he made it. When Tiger had the 20 footer to win, he made it. Um, it comes down to the flat stick. It comes down to making the putts you have to make to win. And, you know, these guys all hit it great. They look great. They swing great. But it's still going to always come down to the flat stick, always under pressure, making the big putts to save par and making the big putts to win at the, on the last couple holes. You got to play that. You got to play that last night on Sunday. You got to know how to play that last night on Sunday to win and not to make a check or have a high finish or right. get your card or any of that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's funny you bring up the flat stick. Uh, I'm a big equipment nerd. So just seeing uh, for me, always the great putters are the ones that have had the same putter in the back for 20 years too. And I just see mm-hmm. everybody, everybody's always tinkering trying the new putter, trying a mallet, a blade mm-hmm. switching around. So that's always been the difference for me, for Tiger and everybody else. Like he's still got the same Scotty in there and you see everybody else has a new putter every couple of weeks. Well, and the two yeah, guys, that, no, that's uh, right. the two guys that are on tour right now, that could be the new Tiger or the modern day Tiger, in my opinion, would be Rory. If you could actually putt flat stick. Mm-hmm. And then statistically mm-hmm. speaking, Scotty Scheffler's had the one, one of the best ball striking um, mm-hmm. years on tour. And yet he, he can't make he just, putts. And well, he just switched to a new putter. He too. just switched his new putter. So, yeah, uh, it it does come down to that. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's interesting you point that out about putters. Um, I used a Wilson eighty eight oh two for forty five years. 
on the time I was 16 to the time I was 61 and uh, wow. 62, whatever it was. And, and I just changed uh, to an Odyssey just because I'm, you know, I'm not putting as uh, on fast tour light greens anymore. And that, that putter was great for USGA championships and PGA tour or high level amateur greens when they were really bent grass and really fast. Right. Perfect green, the perfect putter for Hillcrest country club next week. It, w- when the greens get, get hard and fast over the weekend is, is an 8802. But most guys, you know, a lot of this has to do as well with their, with their contracts that they have with golf manufacturers, mm-hmm. you know, sure. it's, you know, they're, they're playing the clubs. They'll never admit it, but they're, but those, those reps are pretty good at putting the latest and greatest new putter in your hand. It goes, Hey, try this one, hit a couple putts with, see if you like it. I mean, whether it's that or a new driver or a new, whatever. And you know, it's, it's tempting. And, and sometimes it might be better, but a lot of times it isn't, uh, you'd be better off to just to, you know, to dance with the, the girl you brought to the dance and, and have your ups <laughs> and downs. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think, I think I've, I've thought so, so much about changing, but I have, you know, like Crenshaw did when he was using his 8802 for all those years and Lanny, you know, more of an open and closed stroke, right? Now mm-hmm. guys are trying to keep it online square to square. And, you know, that depends on what, you know, t- a, a toe, you know, a, a heel shafted putter like an 8802 or anything else an Odyssey on the heel allows you to open and close the toe. If you get, you know, center, center, it doesn't, you know, it's more square to square. So it depends on what, you know, what your natural putting stroke looks like. And I suppose it may be, it's very hard for me to change honestly to a, a center shafted putter after having a heel shafted putter for so long. Right. Well, the only guy I can think of these days that still has that kind of putter is Phil. Yeah. Yeah. No, Phil's got, Bill's got that, uh, he's got that odyssey, that heel shafted odyssey. Um, and he, he handles it well. Uh, and he still putts well, you know, when he's on, um, especially with all he's got going on in his life. It's hard to believe right. he can make it from six inches. <laughs> you still have yours, your 8802? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love it. I just, I love to, I love to, you know, open and close it, you know, and hook those putts in there, man. Hook those putts in there. Okay, yeah. so what's your game like right now? Do you get to play? Do you get to play a lot? Well, you know, we moved to La Quinta, California. We've been running. We're running the American Express, the old Bob Hope in mm-hmm. at PGA West for a number of years. That's where we brought in Stevie Nicks and Luke Bryan and and a bunch of other you know big music shows to get to save that tournament. Really, it was in trouble because it was golf only, and and uh, it was back when it was the career builder. But so we live in La Quinta, California now. Um, we moved out of downtown Portland. We had a place downtown Portland for 23 years and we sold it eight weeks ago after trying to sell it for three or four years. And, um, we're really happy living in La Quinta. I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing a lot more golf. I'm hitting a lot more golf shots than I was. Um, and, uh, my game's pretty good. I mean, you know, under the gun, I don't know, but I can still hit at 300 and, you know, I can still shoot, you know, par, maybe one or two under, if I don't get in my own way. Um, try shots I can't hit shots I used to be able to hit now (laughs) I don't try to do crazy stuff but love the game love to play love to practice I always love to practice you know I always try to be prepared and that helped me a lot in my business career is you know in golf Jack Nicklaus told me one time the only thing more important than winning is preparing to win Mm. and he's right right so getting a little bit older are you did you shoot your age yet you know I'm after it uh, I'm after it, but I won't go, I won't go up on the tees. See, I, uh, yeah. I won't go up there. 
Yeah. So I think if I went up the if I went up one set of T's, I I could probably do it. But I I I've got myself back on those black T's still. I'm that guy that's just so stubborn that I just think one of these days I'm going to make everything and shoot my age from the tips. I'm able to talk about it, <laughs> talk about it in the bar, you know, over my first Casamigos. So I can't, oh. I can't, uh, I, I can't, uh, I can't stop trying from the tips. Sure, hundred percent. Maybe yeah. one of these days I'll, I'll jump forward. You know, don't give up the, don't give up that dream, Jeff. Don't give well, it up. It's one of those things that the journey is almost as important as the destination. Yeah, we used to play when I was going to school in Oregon. We played Eugene Country Club, which still is one of my top golf courses that I've ever played in my life. And we used to play one foot on one foot off. Literally we put, go to the back of every tee and put yep. our right foot in the back off and one foot on and play every inch of that golf course over there. And it, in the dead of the winter, it was pretty long, but, uh, yeah. I love those Northwest courses. You know, they, they make you, they make you hit it out there, uh, you know, carry it out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I love the game. Um, I haven't played in a competitive tournament since the year 2000 in the, I played in the U S amateur at Baltus mm. and that was the last time I played in a competitive event. So it's been a long time. How has golf changed? I mean, you've been in it so long, uh, you persimmon days to today and the money and it's just yeah. gotta be so much different of a landscape. Well, the, the prize money's crazy. In, in 1985, when I was, when I had a chance to win playing with Jack, on Sunday at, at uh, the Great Milwaukee Open, the purse was 300000 and first place was 18%. So 54000 was first. And uh, Howard Johnson's, where I always stayed, was 46.95 a night. And uh, the purse there now is like $8 million. First place is one point five, and Hojo's is still 46.95 a night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the money. The money's crazy. Uh, 300,000 to one to, to 7 million in that period of time. It's like the Albertsons Boise open. The first year we played for a hundred thousand dollars. First place was 18,000. We gave 25 grand to charity and thought we knocked it straight out of the Albertson stadium, you know, and, uh, this year, last two years. And again, this year we'll probably give $3 million to charity. If things go well the next week or so. And the purse is 1.5 million. So the purse has gone up from 100,000 to 1.5 million. And, Charity's gone from twenty five thousand to three million. That's awesome. And you guys are you guys are the biggest charity event, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, we I are. Mean, yeah, we're proud. We're proud of that. That's our scorecard now. Your, our scorecard used to have eighteen boxes on it. Now it's got one charity. Yeah, yeah. Thirty three million you know, raised over the years, and just three yeah. million in the last two years. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. We're proud of it. The team. I have the best team in golf. We're not the biggest. We're pretty small these days. We got big, but now we're small again. And and uh, the talent level, experience level on my team is uh, unbelievable. Um, and I'm really proud of them. They they are amazing, every single one of them. And uh, you know, it's we try to make everybody look good. You know, entertain the entertain our guests, fans, players, and sponsors, and and make everyone look good. If we yeah. do that, we'll and we'll be successful. And uh, we, we care about the, the numbers. We care about the results, you know, as we're, you know, most of us are golfers, right? So mm -hmm. we're not happy with 72. Um, we're not happy with, with doing what everybody else does. And so, you know, changing the, adding the music uh, component to our model and golf by day, music by night model that, uh, that we have has really been fun. It's been different. It's been unique. Um, and it's been a game changer. And so when I look back on, 
you know, running all these tournaments for all these years and raising all this money for charity. Um, I think one of the, my proudest moments is figuring out when I started to get a little bit bored with running golf tournaments and not seeing enough people going uh, for my liking, you know, coming, we as a team coming up with this model and then executing it the way we do um, is, is really been awesome. I wish we could have done it earlier and, and, and with more events, but it, you, when you're running concerts during tournaments, it's like you're in both businesses. You know, you're in the concert business and you're also in the golf event business. And so it takes a lot of time. It takes an yeah. incredible amount of time. And, and you, you got to be careful you don't make a mistake. You know, we've only, we've got only so much money to buy bands with. We've got to make sure we price it affordable because Albertsons wants everything affordable and so do we. And we want everybody to say, well, is this possible? You could go to watch PGA tour level golf and the next Ricky Fowler and the next Scotty Scheffler and the next Wyndham Clark and be able to listen to Joan Jett rock the house on Friday night for $30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we want. And then, and then give the $30 that one of 40 local Boise charities that you select. We're the only, we're the only professional golf tournament that I know of that gives a hundred percent of its ticket sales to charity and that lets the buyer select the charity. Um, and that's, Amazing. think about that. That's four tours. That's probably, I don't know, four times three is 120. It's probably 120 to 140 golf events or, you know, PGA champions, corn Ferry, and PGA tour. Um, and so, you know, we like that a lot too. It gets our crowds up nice big crowds and looks great in the golf channel and makes everybody happy. You got any, uh, mean- you can't even go to a regular you, concert for 30 bucks. I was just going to say, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> no. You, you no, got any musicians and, and you know that you are going to, pardon me? Yeah, I Sorry. was just going to say, do you got any musicians that you uh, ha- haven't, uh, you know, got a board yet that you're working on or any favorites of yours? Well, I'm, I'm uh, you know, we've had between the American Express, the Safeway Open, the Albertsons Boise Open, you know, we've had a lot of great names. I mean, at Safeway, we had Bon Jovi, excuse me, at Safeway, we had Dave Matthews, Blake Shelton, John Legend, Jimmy Buffett, Vince Sammy Gill, Hagar, Darius Vince Rucker, and yep. we had Rucker. Yeah. You got the list. And then, mm-hmm. you know, at Amex, we had Stevie Nicks and Luke Bryan and we had bad company and we had, we had Sammy again and, and we had Huey Lewis in his last concert before he lost his hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Boise, you know who we've had. So, you know, I'm a classic rock guy. I love I love Ario Speedwagon. I love Bad Company. I love Journey. I love Hagar. I love Idol. I love Joan Jett. I love high energy music. I love you know Bruno Mars. I mean Michael Jackson. I love I love you know high level high energy music. And I love classic rock. Led Zeppelin, Robert Plant, Bob Seger. Mm. You know those are the kind of bands that that I like. And um, but those 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 artists are getting to be in their mid seventies. Even Paul McCartney's eighty or eighty one now. So you, you better get you Paul know. here soon, Jeff. <laughs> I know. I, I I I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. Um, I bet you have. <laughs> but but we uh you know but but so we're gonna have to kind of go. We're gonna have to dive into the nineties a little bit more and get out of the eighties, you know, because yeah. of the the age. But and then but you know it's it like this year. I mean. You know, Cheryl Crow's amazing, you know, and Joan Jett is, is, I mean, unbelievable show, unbelievable show. And then Weezer sold, sold out first. We've hired, we've hired Weezer a few times and they always sell out first. Everybody loves Weezer. And so, um, you know, for me, it's a, let's, 
it, I think it's important to, uh, in the, when you're, when you're doing a concert after golf, I think it's important to keep it high energy as much as you can, because people have been out in the hot sun all day. They probably had a couple of beers or a couple of drinks right before the, the show starts and you got to keep people awake. So let's, let's turn it up and let's go. That's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, I think when they keep selling out, you know, you're doing it right. So, hmm. well, the, the, like I was saying, the, the challenge, like when we had when we had the big driving range at PGA West, and we had Luke Bryan, Stevie Nicks two nights in a row, we did thirty thousand a night because we had room for thirty five or forty thousand. Well, but at Hillcrest, we have room for ten, so you right. can't have an artist. You can't have an artist the size of Stevie Nicks or Luke Bryan because they're going to draw thirty. We have room for ten. And so, you you know, all of a sudden, you know, the ticket prices have to go way up and we don't want to do that or make, keep it affordable. So, and we also can't sell more than 10,000 tickets. We can't sell 30,000 tickets. So right. we have to find artists that fit the footprint that we have to work with at the right price, keeping it affordable for everybody. And so when you see, you know, Old Dominion and we see Midland and when you see Billy Idol and, and the bands this year and, you know, Sammy Hagar and, and, uh, you know, those bands fit the footprint perfectly and we can keep the price at, you know, at $30, $30, maybe next year, a little bit more each year, a little bit more, but, but, but it's always going to be a, a hopefully going to be a wow. You know, there's three buyers. There's, there's your music buyer that doesn't know much about golf. There's your golf buyer that doesn't know much about music. And then there's your sweet spot where you get the person that loves both music and golf and especially loves the artists that you're bringing in. So, my job is to figure out the, how to get as many people to come out and watch golf, have lunch, watch golf, have a drink or two, and stay for the show and not leave or not come at 4 o'clock. Although we're, we're good. We're good. Come on out at 4 o'clock because what happens is when some of the people come out just to listen to the music, we're okay with that because I've, I've heard this. They come through the gate and they look and they go, wow, look at this park, man this is cool. And I'm going, well, it's a golf course, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then they roll down the hill and are like, look at that stage. And what about this guy in the white pants over here? Hold on for a second. Who's this guy? <laughs> look at that belt. Jesus, look at that pink shirt. And next thing you know, hey, let's check this out. And so it's a way to get new fans is maybe you come for the music, but you end up watching some golf and the next year you come for both or, or the other way around. Right. So that's the fun part of it. It, but when you're in the event business, I don't care if, you know, we've done IndyCar racing, we've done indoor soccer, we've done college basketball, we've done, uh, you know, we've done obviously golf, we've done televised golf, celebrity golf, and on and on and on. But when you're in the event business, how you, how you can tell if you're successful is how many people are there. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go out to the golf course, and there's no one there you're not a very good promoter. Okay. Right. Uh, and you might, your product might not be too good. So you, we'll, we, we yeah. want to see a lot of people. That's important. When you first started doing this, was there an event on tour, uh, whether it be the corn Ferry tour or any kind of smaller event or PGA tour event that you saw that did on both sides that did a, a terrible job that did a really good job that you extrapolated yeah. any information from that is, do you remember any kind yeah. of, yeah, like Phoenix that. Open. Okay. Yeah, Phoenix mm -hmm. Open. I mean, that that has always been the waste management. Phoenix Open 
uh, has is had an unbelievably fantastic tournament director for years, and he really got this. And um, I, I just can't really honestly believe what he created. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. So this 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 is an example of of success. But so about twenty years ago, I went to the event with the then CEO of Albertsons, and the two of us went. And of course I, you know, had the passes and everything to get us where we needed to go. And so we come through the, through the gate and there's these massive amounts of people and a massive amounts of sky boxes and massive amounts of bars and, and music's over here playing. And I'm going, this is, this is an event. This is not a golf tournament. This is an event. This is what I want. Right. I got to figure this out. So, we walk over and it's, you know, it's lunchtime. So we have a sandwich and, you know, we have a drink. And, and so this really good looking gal standing there in these super high heels. And so, you know, I'm not too bashful. So I say, Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I said, Hey, what holes Phil Mickelson on? She says, who's he? <laughs> And I said to the CEO, I said, now this is an event. Right. And so you think about that, right? She was yeah. there because she, because she heard it was an event she wanted to go to. And she didn't know Phil Mickelson from Mickelson Phil. Mm-hmm. And, but she was, but, but, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's an event that gets people there for all kinds of reasons. It's not just your diehard golf channel viewer. Who's going to drive 500 miles to go watch Phil Mickelson play. Right. It's also all, a lot of other people going there for different reasons, and that's yeah. what creates an event. And that's what we where, what we did is we we added the music to the golf so that it would be an event, and it would get people there for multiple reasons and come all together and have fun. And but I'll never forget that story. That's a true story, and it and it was really interesting to me uh, the answer to that question. And I and I, I it just hit me like oh, I got that. All right, all right. And here you are putting so, on events more than golf tournaments. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, that that's what we, that's what we strive to do. That's what we're passionate about. That's what we think, you know, people want. You know, we, we think they want to relax and be entertained. So when I started up my new little company after being after selling my company to Logadier Sports out of Paris, someone said, "What are you going to name the company?" Jeff Sanders Promotions, and I said, "No, I sold that company." We're gonna we're gonna call ourselves Jeff Sanders Entertainment. So you are? Oh yeah. Why is that? Because I want to make sure we all know what business we're in. Right. We're in the entertainment. We're in the entertainment business. We're not in the promotions business. We're not in the productions business. We're in the entertainment business. And so that's why the name of the company is what it is. Yeah. Listeners, you can go to you can go to jeffsandersentertainment.com and you Jeff, I got to tell you, you got to probably one of the coolest logos uh, that encapsulates what you do. Well, oh, thank you. And we're really, we love our logo. <laughs> it's all over the shirts. We got these <clears> shirts <throat> now that we wear in the hats and, and uh, no, I thank you. I mean, is the putter, the know, 8802, is that the silhouette of the 8802 on your, on the, on the third string is. right there? <laughs> it is. It's the third string. It's the third string. It is, it is, it is. Yeah, no, Absolutely. No, and those, those, you know, if you look at it a bunch of different ways, you can see what it could be, right? It could be a green and it could oh, be 100%. a 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
depends on what, what angle you look at it. Um, it's really been fun to put on, you know, our hats and shirts and stuff and walk around and yeah. people look at it. What, what's that? You know, what, what is, that's cool. And it, well, that's our company. They go, what's your company? You know? So I, I just, yeah, that, that logo was created by uh, Ashley Samuelson who works for us and she put it all together. Her and I kind of tweaked it a little bit here and there, but I give her a lot of credit for that. She Shout out to Ashley. Job yeah, well Ashley. done, Ashley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's amazing. She's amazing. Got need a great another uh, need another section on the website to buy a hat with that on there. Ooh, uh, I know. I was thinking about that. You know, I I, I could I could use a couple extra bucks. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe we should maybe we should do that. Um, but yeah, we you know we get a lot of comments about it. It's fun. It's again, it's it's golf by day, music by night, golf cella. It, at in La Quinta, uh, the, after the night of the the next morning after the Stevie Nicks concert, uh, it was crazy because on the the headline on the Desert Sun newspaper was "Golf Cella Hits PGA West," and uh, that was fun. You know that, that it's it's just what kind of what turns me on is weird stuff, right? But that was when I read that the next morning, I went, "Wow, that that's what we want to be." Because PGA West, as you know, is two miles from where Coachella is and two miles from where stagecoach is to right. the greatest music, musical festivals on earth. And so to be compared in any sort of way was cool. So what does next week look like? Obviously we know what happens Thursday through, through Sunday, but what are you doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, when do you arrive in Boise? Uh, tomorrow I'll be in Boise oh, okay. tomorrow. I was supposed to be there today, but I got hung up. So I'll be there tomorrow. And, uh, the team's been there a couple of weeks and, and I, I'm getting pictures. David Babcock, my tournament director is fantastic and it's worked with me for 25 years. And he's been the tournament director at the Safeway and the American Express and Boise for a long time. And he's been sending me these great pictures of the build. We call it the build. You know, the build starts with nothing and it just sort of each day you, you get a little more steel on the ground. And next thing you know, you get the canopies around the steel and you get the tables and the chairs and linens in there. And then the bars in the corner and, get the mesh going whether it's in you know, the blue mesh and you know it's, it's a it's a fun thing to i get these pictures every day it's a little bit further along and so things are really right on track for next week they look great i'm really happy about the look you know we added the albertson's wine bar chill zone we call it which is air conditioned behind 16 this year we got 15 i think different wines in there that people can enjoy it's the first year that we've ever had that then we have the corona premier beach club on 10 green an 18 fairway, which, which is going to be Modelo and Corona. I think just Corona actually. And, and, uh, some wines in there. And that's a new, that's a new venue for everybody. You know, the one thing that, that I want to make sure is, is that we've got all these, these great spectator facing friendly venues that don't, there's no, there's no cover charges or wristbands or anything to get in. When you have that ticket, you know, you're, you're in. And right. that goes back to, philosophically wanting everybody to feel like a sponsor and not feel like, Oh, I can't get in. I'll have the right wristband. I, I need to pay an extra hundred bucks or something. We're just not, we're, that's just not how we, it's not how we do it. And we want everybody to feel great and no one to feel like I, you know, I can't get in, you know? So now if you buy a private sky box, that's different. You invite your guests, but we've got a number of venues there. So it's, it's looking great. Um, you know, we're having a we're having a concert Monday night and a concert Tuesday night, and I, I just can't tell you who they are because we won't we'll have a, secu- a security problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, 
but you know who's coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and you'll hear who's coming, who came Monday and Tuesday. You'll be, you'll be good with it. You'll be good with it. So um, we always did a, a Safeway for five years. Safeway opened at Silverado in Napa. I had Johnny Miller as the host, and Phil Nicholson was our headliner every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we always had a Monday night private concert for the sponsors, and um, we never told anybody who it was. And so the first year we had Jimmy Buffett come in. Uh, no one knew he was coming. I got him long story. You don't have time for it, but got him to come in, sit on the stool with his guitar and play, you know, 10 songs. And it was great. 300 people and Jimmy. The next year we had Dave Matthews come in and do the same thing. Just brought his guitar only and did 10 songs. And, and we had John Legend, you know, with his piano, just he and his piano. Incredible. And then we had Blake Shelton, who was an hour late after having a bunch of cocktails and he was great. So, you know, we, you know, and, but we never told anybody who, who was, and, uh, that was fun. And so we've got that going this year too. And, um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be, we'll have, we'll have more people at the tournament this year than we had last year. I'll have more people at the concerts this year than we had last year. We have a few tickets left for Joan Jett. I think like under a hundred tickets left out of, the entire amount. So if anybody wants to get a ticket, they had to hurry up because they're going to sell out for sure. Where can uh, they go, Jeff? If they want tickets, go where to can Albert- they go? Yeah. Go to Albertson's Boise open.com and, uh, and, and buy your tickets and send them to your favorite local. There's 40 local Boise charities on the drop down menu. You have to pick one, uh, one of the 40, or you can give it to two different ones if you'd like or more. But, um, yeah, I, I think we're real close. I mean, it's going to sell out. And so, I would, I would, I would pick up the phone and or I'd go, go, go get online and buy them. Um, because we've, we've hired Joan a couple of times and, and, uh, you know, bad reputation and I love rock and roll. I read her song. She, she's just, she comes out there in that all black leather outfit and she can still go. I mean, she's amazing. And that, but the other two are sold out completely. And this one's just, I think this has somewhere in the 70, 80 tickets left out of all that we had available to start with. Beautiful. So it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a great week. Um, you know, Ben Coles is leading money winner. He can, he's a great player. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a chance to be very successful on the PGA Tour. We've got this kid from from uh, Belgium who is, can't pronounce his name, but he's uh, right. That's what every Ryan time, was just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Adrian a great Dumont de Chazart. Yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a mouthful, but yep. he can make this guy can make birdies and. You know, it's every year, we, you know, like a Wyndham Clark, you know, mm-hmm. guy comes through, don't know who he is, wins the U.S. Open. You know, Ricky Fowler, first pro start, look what he's done. Tom, Scotty Scheffler, 219, look what he's done. I mean, mm-hmm. Boise Open alumni. I mean, the, the list of Boise Open alumni is phenomenal, you know. I think Ryan told me, what, we have 30 wins out of 42 events this year that all were all played in the Albertsons Boise open on the PGA. I think 30 out of 42, I think that's the number, but I mean, you're going to see, you're going to see a, a, you know, a, a PGA tour winner. You are. You I out. mean, we, we had, we had, uh, so we had uh, Taylor Montgomery on and he was, mm-hmm. uh, he's had a phenomenal rookie year uh, this year on the PGA tour. Uh, we had Phil Knowles. He was leading through three rounds last year at Boise. Boise always produces, just such good high quality golf and, and players. Yeah, it does. Well, 
it's a good test. It's not the longest mm. golf course, but the greens mm-hmm. are firm and fast. You got to keep it in the fairway off the tee. You got to be a good iron player. You got to know how to bounce it up and stop it. You got to be careful. But it goes over the green. You're going to make bogey. Uh, you, you, these greens are pitched, and it's hard to get it up and down, especially mm-hmm. at 18. Some of the greens are undulated, but no, it makes you. It, it makes you, you. You find out how good your short game is in a hurry. Um, the elevation is always interesting. You know, we're up in the air, so the ball goes further. So you got to figure that out. You haven't played Boise, Idaho before. That takes a couple of rounds. Or if you don't come in and play your practice rounds, you won't figure that out. And that'll be a problem. Right. Um, it's a. It's a. Um, everyone always thinks these guys are going to shoot fifty under, and they don't. Um, and especially, especially when the ball's bouncing. Now, you know, it's, it's hard to make it bounce in August because you got to keep water on it to keep, the, keep it alive because of the heat. But next week, I think it's going to cool down a little bit. Uh, I hope it does. Um, so we can firm the greens up on the weekend, uh, next weekend, and, uh, and see what happens. But, no, we've had some, we've had some great players play. And, um, you know, Sam Saunders, Arnold's grand, grandson's going to play. Been a while mm. since he played, but he's going to play. He's been sort of taken over for his grandfather back there, you know, and taking care of the business stuff. And but he wants to play again. So he's a great guy, by the way. I love Sam Saunders and uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, you know, he came to Boise in two, year two thousand, twenty three years ago, and did a little played on Monday in our little celebrity skins game, and got some video of him. I'm going to play this year at the pro am dinner and honor Arnold. Um, did you take Sam any there. money from him? <laughs> well, I played with Arnold in 1976 in a fundraiser at the University of Oregon, my sophomore year at Oregon. And uh, he uh, he and Dave Marr, remember Dave Marr played on TV and won the PGA Championship, and he was a commentator on TV for a long time. He and Dave Marr came in and played with myself and Kathy Young, who was number one on the women's golf team at Oregon at the time. And, and, uh, he, Arnold came in and flew his own plane in and played 18 holes. And we raised some money to, we needed $17,000 to pay for the golf program for the year in 1976. And so Arnold plays 18 holes and, and I was using my Arnold Palmer putter and I was making everything. I was sitting all over the place. I couldn't, I couldn't find, you know, this is my own zip code, but I was, I was making everything with that putter. It drove him crazy. This is like, yeah, because I, I don't know if you remember the Arnold Palmer 8802, where it said Arnold Palmer on the bottom of the putter, right? That's what I was using. So it was, it was fun to be able to show him his name when I'd make a putt on him. But we had some fun that day. But all I remember about it really was two things. I remember that Kathy was really, she was a great player and she was attractive. And so whether she made birdie or par or bogey, she always got a little peck on the cheek from Arnold. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't really care whether she made birdie or not. Par bogey was fine too. <laughs> and then at the banquet afterwards, uh, he says, Hey coach. And this is with all the sponsors there and everything. He says, how'd you guys do? And coach says, I don't know. I think we broke about even broke about even. That's not going to work. He says, I'm going to cut my fee in half for the day. And Dave Mar, so are you. And when he did that, we got the money we needed to pay for the golf program for the year. Because oh, that's awesome! Put their uh, their fee in half because he wanted to make sure it was a you know it was a a winner for the day. You know but that was just that was how Palmer that was how Arnold Palmer was. I was fortunate enough to play with him seventy six. Then again in eighty three at Hawaii, I was on the T 
Kent T, my cousin Rob Souza, who was from Hawaii originally, his family, my my uncle and aunt. Anyway, Robbie was my caddy for a year. Uh, I say this jokingly, but it's probably true. He was the worst caddy on the PGA Tour, <laughs> and he was my caddy. And all he said to me, he says, he says, hey, I'll caddy for you in Hawaii. I said, well, you will. How are you going to get there? <laughs> I'm going to fly over. I said, oh, okay. He says, on there one condition. I go, what's your one condition, Rob? He says, I want to go to the beach every day I'm there. Well, how are you going to do that if you're caddying for me? He said, we'll figure it out. I said, all right, Rob, come on. So he came over. Monday morning, he said, let's play it. Let's play it right when the sun comes up Monday morning. And uh, we'll be done by 1030, and I can go to the beach. I said, all right, Rob, we'll do that. So he meets me at 615 at the locker room, grabs my bag. We hit a couple balls to go to the 10th tee. It's just getting daylight enough to see the ball go down the fairway. Here comes this guy walking towards the tee with his caddy. And Rob says, oh, no. Look, what's going on out here? Got somebody joining us? And he gets closer and it's Arnold Palmer. And, and I go, Rob, I think you're going to be okay with who's joining us. Right. He walks up and he goes, good morning, guys. Hi, I'm Arnold. Look at him. I hadn't, you know, played them in, I hadn't seen him or played them in seven years. So that was fun. Amazing. So we got to, play, got to play a practice round with Arnold Palmer. He was the first guy I ever saw wearing, he wore white that day, white golf shoes and uh, slacks, but he was wearing those, the, the low cut socks that go when you wear shorts. Mm-hmm. The first guy I ever saw do that, uh, and that was nineteen. That was nineteen eighty-three, and he was probably what? He'd be ninety-four today, so nineteen eighty-three, seventeen, and twenty-three is forty years ago. So he'd have been fifty-four years old. Pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome! Wow, some things stick out, you know. But yeah, they he was do. the king. He he, he was, was the great. king. He is the king still. He is. Uh, and he, he came, yeah, he came to the Fred Meyer challenge in 86 and yeah, no, it was great. He was, he was amazing. It was fun to get to know him and, and we've given Sam a few starts. He had some, you know, challenges, get, get in his card a few times. We give him a few starts. And so Arnold was always appreciative of that. He'd come out and watch Sam play a little bit and it was fun to see him. So no, it's, you know, it's, it's been a great, great run. We've got this year and two more in Boise for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully hopefully more but we want to make this year the biggest and best event we've ever we've ever had i think we will i think that it's going to be great and we know the golf's going to be great we know the music's going to be great it's not going to be super super hot so i think it's going to be a, going to be a fantastic week out there jeff this has been fantastic i'm going to remind everybody where they can go get the tickets go to albertsonsboiseopen.com for uh, the Boise Open here, August 24th through 27th. Um, gosh, Thursday and Saturday tickets are already sold out. Friday is probably going to sell out pretty soon, so go get your tickets. Again, 100% of the ticket sales go to charity. So, uh, And then check out jeffsandersentertainment.com. Jeff, um, we're going to hunt you down at Hillcrest and say hello to you. Come on. I really wish you would. I'd love to, I'd love to see you guys out there. Yep. I hope you... I hope Fowler took good care of you and got you the, all the passes you needed and everything. He did. Get we, okay. Yep. We appreciate him. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time today, Jeff. Um, looking forward to next week. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I love talking golf. You guys know what you're doing. You've got, you had some great questions today that were fun to answer and hopefully didn't leave anything on the table. You know, it's 
swing hard. No, in this case is you great. You know? Well, gosh, I mean, uh, we're three golf nerds, so we could have gone on for two more hours. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that makes four of us. There it is. Yeah. There it is. You know, throw, throw the music in there and, and, uh, and go from there, but no, thanks for the, thanks for, uh, your support of the tournament. Thank you for promoting the tournament and, and, uh, whatever you need, you know, let us know and come on out. Let's have some fun. And for those people that are going to listen, uh, can't thank you enough for, for coming out and supporting the Albertsons Boise open for all these years. And we hope we're making you happy. We hope we're entertaining you. And, uh, and if, if not, let us know. So, Hey, let's go. Next week, rock and roll. Let's rock and roll, Jeff. Let's rock and roll, guys. Thanks for having me, okay? Rough Fairways is produced by Eddie Dunn and Mike Sells. A big shout out to Jeff. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. That was an enjoyable conversation. Big shout out to Ryan Fowler for setting it up. And for all the Boise listeners, if you're out at Hillcrest next week, please come say hello. We'd love to see you in person. For Mike, I'm Eddie. We are Rough Fairways. And remember, everybody, be kind to each other.